This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station, the podcast that supports teachers with interviews on a wide range of topics featuring academics, teachers, education professionals, and anyone else committed to making a positive impact on education. If you're in education, it's the season for conferences, and there aren't many bigger than Edutech in Sydney. This year, there were over 250 exhibitors and over 20 seminars on the latest in educational technology. It gave me the chance to step out of the studio and meet some people to chat about some of the latest developments. So, in case you couldn't make it, here's part two of our series of highlights from Edutech 2019. First up, if you've always been fascinated with Lego, then it's probably got something to do with their relentless innovation and creativity. So much to talk about, but let's hear it from the experts. I'm standing here with Vili from Lego Education, and I must say, if my son was here, he's eight years old, his brains would be blown out right now because this is really quite amazing. I just saw on the screen here that you can buy a six-axis gyro. Vili, what's new in Lego ed- Education? We have a, thank you very much, we have a, a new uh, solution now, which are called Spike Prime, and it's from uh, grade six to eight. And uh, we have a new hub, like you're saying, which is integrated with uh, gyro. There is uh, force sensors, also there is uh, motion sensors, there is uh, color sensor and distance sensors. And uh, it's, uh, you can say, tailor-made to, uh, to 45 minutes list, list split, uh, as well as we have four units, uh, where it's all are based on uh, Steam. So it means that you can download uh, those kind of uh, lessons and uh, start to get quickly going, build a model, and start coding, which are based on uh, Scratch, uh, and it's uh, yes working uh, like this. So it means that it will be much easier for the schools and, and for the teachers, actually within uh, you can say a normal lesson hours to uh, to get going uh, and to start to create and have some challenges, find out some solutions, and so. There's a lot of talk about Steam. Are you getting a lot of demand coming from the schools saying, "Listen, we want to do more Steam stuff and we want to use Lego"? Is that where that's being driven? Yes, uh, I think that uh, a lot of schools have realized that, uh, that for the future we need, uh, you can say, students to, uh, to learn more about STEAM and uh, STEM, uh, basically also for the future, because a lot of jobs for the future will get, you can say, automated and so on. So they need to, uh, you can say, to, to uh, learn those kind of skills as well as also other skills like problem solving, like creativity, like communication, collaboration, the 21st century skills. So all in all, uh, a lot of schools has realized this, or government or, or states here. There's a lot of talk about learning and those important skills that you just mentioned, but when I look around here, the only thing that I can really think about is having some fun with Lego. How, how, do, the, how do the kids make the connection between having fun with Lego and doing amazing stuff and then learning? Do they, do they feed back somehow? What, what sort of messages are you getting? Yeah, but that's a very good uh, question. Actually, uh, one of the things which is... Uh, very good and which is also proven this is what we call hands-on learning meaning that it is uh, proven that when you do hands-on you are more focused on and memorizing uh, things and and, uh, using your brain capacity much more so and then on top of this when it is fun also then the children get inspired and motivated so it means also in topics which they might not be interested in uh, before they suddenly it's fun to uh, to make a design 
uh, on, a, on a challenge uh, and try whatever it may be in engineering, in technology or in science. So therefore we can simply see that, that suddenly they get this kind of passion to, uh, to work with this kind of uh, different uh, STEAM uh, skills. So, so what you're saying to me is that you give permission for young children to have fun while they're learning? Exactly. Playful learning. There should be more of it. Thank you, Vili. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Have you ever considered how much potential there is for learning with video and filmmaking? That's just what Startime Studios is all about, where there's also a strong focus on having fun with learning. I'm here with uh, Lindsay this time at Startime Studios, and I'm just looking in the booth here, and there's a whole bunch of kids with with boom mics uh, made by Rode Microphones. Hooray. Yes. Supporting local industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a good partner of ours. And, uh, well, this, uh, this interview is being recorded on a Rode Microphone, but um, it looks like a background of green screens and kids acting out. Lindsay, what's going on here? Well, basically, um, the students are, are taking, taking ownership of their own learning. So well, well, hang on a sec. Students taking ownership of their own learning. Yeah. You wouldn't read about it. It's incredible. That's the sort of thing that, uh, that we like to implement here at Startime Studios. So if you like that idea, of course... Um, I love that idea. Well, keep listening. Um, come on down to the stand. Uh, the kids are basically making uh, short reports about their time here at Edutech, their favourite things. So they're implementing their scripts on iPads using AutoCue and teleprompter apps. They're writing those and then they're putting in their backgrounds on another iPad and filming them on that, ready to send back to their schools to show what they're doing here at, um, at Edutech, much like you with this podcast. Now, these kids look like they're relatively junior sort of kids. I mean, and, and they're playing with technology that I guess 10 years ago was just impossible. What, what kind of new learning are we seeing from this experience? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing. I, I mean, my background's in television production and as a producer-director for 20 years, and this used to... The, thing that the technology that they're creating now would cost us thousands of dollars to put together. They're basically live green screening on a $4 app. Um, when I say live, they're putting in the backgrounds, videos and photos as they're doing it and recording it. So this, simplif- this technology has been simplified and made accessible and once the technology is accessible, it means students can cr- create and let their imaginations really run. F- I mean, it's limitless. I love the idea of students creating a narrative of their learning. So they really get down on, on, on writing scripts? That's right. They love it. Once, once they, f- the technology is so simple and engages them, it, can, it allows that vehicle for, them, for their creativity to flourish. So once you give them a framework to work within... They're, they're talking about and you give them an outcome that they're working towards so this is a really relevant outcome for them something they can connect with then they go for it they create their short films they they create their news reports they create their their investigative you know documentaries so that's starting to sound a little bit like english class no nothing like english class as we knew it it's <laughs> not not as you know it it's english in the 21st century it's english how it's meant to be Whoa, now that's a big comment. I was just chatting to the people out over at uh, Lego Education and I said to, uh, I said to the guy there, um, so what you're saying is that you're, you're giving permission for the students to have fun with their learning. Are you in the same camp with that? No, they have to be extremely serious. If we see smiles, we actually eject them from the set and they're never to come back again. No, we can't. Love the tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, we can't keep the smiles off their faces and you can see it here. Lindsay, it sounds like you're doing great things. Thanks for taking uh, the time to talk to us. Thanks for coming over.
hearing is something you might sometimes take for granted. But for the people at Hearing Loop, it's a daily mission to make life better for those of us who struggle with our hearing and therefore sometimes with learning. I'm with Jim here from Hearing Loop Australia and as soon as I saw the audio equipment uh, lying on the counter here I was immediately interested but this is about a whole lot more than just audio equipment. Jim, what can you tell me? So basically we've got a hearing augmentation system using a wireless signal so it's got a sound field speaker that helps the teacher's voice as well as everyone else in the class Um, but it also sends this signal directly to a student with a hearing impairment so they're getting an improved signal quality um, directly from the teacher's voice but also as well as we've got microphones for other students as well as audio devices for their projector and TV. Is that a specific device specific to your product or does that uh, link in with things like the um, uh, like other implants that you might get like a cochlear implant? Yeah so absolutely so we can definitely get it to connect into cochlear implants or other implants either via a Roger receiver which is the proprietary um, receiver that we have. We also have a receiver for a telecore which is the I guess the universal um, connectivity that exists in the market. And I'm assuming then that the uh, students with hearing impairment are, receive, uh, are reporting a better experience? Yeah, look, absolutely. So everyone seems to report a significant improvement with this technology and the research definitely backs that up. Um, I actually use a device I don't have any hearing loss, but um, research is showing a 62% improvement in speech understanding for someone even with normal hearing using a device over someone with even a hearing loss. So. I can imagine that some kids might feel a little uh, stigmatised or a little bit uncertain of themselves when they're, when they're singled out like that. How do the other kids handle uh, a situation where they know that they've got a student in their class with hearing difficulties? Yeah, I guess that's the nice thing about the speaker system is it becomes not about that one individual child. It becomes about for everyone. So it becomes about teacher's voice. The speaker providing sound to all students actually makes it like it's not then just for that one individual. Um, so the Soundfield system is really unique in that way. One of the uh, classic things you hear when people hear their voice amplified or recorded for the first time is they say, oh no, is that what I sound like? No, it can't be. Yeah. How do the teachers respond to that? Oh look, it's, it's definitely a, an adjustment period and it's, um, most people tend to find it a little different for the first little while. But the thing you do notice about this speaker, unlike a standard loudspeaker, it, it doesn't necessarily make it all that louder. It just provides that clarity. So you really shouldn't notice that it's on after a while um, until you turn it back off. Sounds like you're doing uh, great things for students, Jim. Thanks so much for your time. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Colin. Ever wondered just how big a 3D printer can be? How about one that can print a life-size version of Batman? No, ladies and gentlemen, that actually wasn't a vacuum cleaner. That is probably the largest 3D printer I've ever seen, and I'm currently standing next to a 3D printed version of Batman, but he's only half the man he's ever been because there's only half of him. I'm standing next to Julio from Wasp Printers, and he's going to tell me a little bit more about this giant thing that I'm standing in front of. Good morning. This is our Delta Wasp 3D printer. Um, It's at the moment running our pellet extrusion system on it, and it enables you to print a metre by metre by metre maximum print size pretty much anything you can think of you can print with this machine. Now, uh, for the listeners, let me just clarify here. This, I, I'm nearly two metres tall, and this thing's taller than me. So if you're thinking about the 3D printer that you might have on your bench in your classroom, or like the one that I have in my office, which is quite small, it's nothing like those. So what's particularly special about this one other than its size? It's using a pellet extrusion system to print as opposed to your filament. So you're running uh, pellet material through it. Uh, you can run your recycled material through it. 
enables you to print in scale fairly quickly because the resolution is quite low at the moment. It's running a three millimeter bead, so that enables you to run it much quicker because you, you're pumping a lot more material through the printer. So you're buying bags of beads rather bags than of rolls, beads, of, yes. rolls of filament? Lots and lots of beads. I mean, your old Batman here, he weighs about 10 kilos. He's, not, he's a very skinny Batman. Yeah, he's looking a bit sad, actually, because he's uh, kind of looking down at the ground. I guess if he had his legs on, he'd probably have a completely different stance. So, so how, do we, how, do you, how do you get technology like this into a school? I mean, it's enormous. Oh, the schools uh, haven't adopted this quite yet. It's more the universities and the higher-end education. Um, the school printers being slightly smaller, even though our next size down is 600 by metre print volume, and they're going to schools quite regularly. So, But this one, you need the space. You really do need a big lab for this. And this is our smallest of the big printers. We have even bigger... The smallest? Ones. Yes, this is our smallest big printer, if you like. So, it sounds like you're trying to print an entirely new reality. Yes, a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, these things here with clay, uh, NASA's even experimenting with printing in clay in space with these machines. It's, it's a whole new world that's opened up. We're no longer printing little widgets, if you like. So, how do we find you on the internet? www.3dwasp.com Thanks for your have time. Thanks for your time, Julia. Oh, my pleasure. Well, once again, that was a lot of fun. You've been listening to Central Station. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And be sure to watch out for highlights one, three and four from Edutech 2019. And to find out more about our guests in this highlight, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode where you'll find links and contact details. For more information about our guests and other episodes, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen or visit the website central.com.au slash podcast. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now. Listener.